Chapter Ten of Captain William Kidd and Others of the Buccaneers by John S. C. Abbott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Ten: The Plunder, the Carousal, and the New Enterprise. Gibraltar in Ashes. The Return to Maracaibo. Division of the Plunder. Peculiar Scene. Reception of the Pirates at Tortuga. Fiend-like Carousal. The Pirates Reduced to Beggary lolonois new enterprise the furious calm days of disaster ravaging the coast capture of san pedro disease was now cutting down the pirates faster than the bullets or sabres of the spaniards had done the victors with an abundance of gold and booty were starving the provisions in the place were all consumed and no fresh supplies had been brought in the woe-stricken wretches were quarrelling among themselves about the division of the spoil lolonois sent several parties of men into the region around to search out fugitives from gibraltar and say to them that if within two days they would send in to him fifty-eight thousand dollars he would not burn the city otherwise he would lay every building in ashes he set at liberty several of his prisoners also to convey to their friends the same information disappointed in the money he had found he still believed that large sums had been secreted by the fugitives the two days passed and the money did not come lolonois set fire to the four corners of the town and in six hours reduced it to ashes by beat of drum he assembled his sick and starving men and embarked with all the riches which were movable he took several captives with him male and female sailing down the bay they soon reached maracaibo quite a number of the inhabitants who had returned tremblingly to their desolated homes he captured beggared as the poor creatures already were the merciless pirate said to them if you will supply me with five hundred cows and bring me thirty thousand dollars in coin i will spare your city if you do not yield to this demand i will treat your city as i have served gibraltar not one building shall be left standing the cows were driven in the money was paid the people still trembling and not daring to manifest their joy saw these goths and vandals of modern times spread their sails and slowly disappear in the distant horizon but who can imagine the condition in which the town was left the people were utterly despoiled the homes were desolated widows and orphans wept and wailed with lifelong penury before them not a few of the people with ruined constitutions tottered through the streets slowly recovering from the crushings and the lacerations of the rack when we read of such crimes perpetrated by man upon his brother one almost shrinks from owning himself a man and the weary heart finds little comfort in the thought that the spaniards deserved it all these woes came upon them as a righteous retribution with equal cruelty they had treated the native cubans the mexicans and the peruvians the fleet sailed for ganoves on the island of hispaniola here the spoil was to be divided each one took a solemn oath on the bible that he had concealed nothing but that he had thrown everything into the public stock the gathering of the pirates for this distribution on the shores of a lovely bay of the island of santo domingo must have presented a very singular spectacle in the centre of a small verdant lawn spread upon the grass were bales of richest silk cloths of various variety of texture baskets of gold and silver coin 
pistols sabres and muskets of the best construction and costly jewels and golden cups vases and ornaments of which the churches had been despoiled around stood wild groups of heavily armed half-naked pirates in ferocity of aspect resembling fiends rather than men some countenances were disfigured with sabre gashes while some hobbled upon crutches native indians had gathered around their long black hair streaming in the wind and their almost naked bodies shining like coin fresh from the mint several spanish captives were there men and women looking sadly on at the distribution of the wealth of which their own homes had been plundered there were also a large number of negro slaves present with their black limbs and woolly hatless heads whom the pirates had brought with them to perform their heavy or menial tasks after an exact calculation of the whole spoil in coin jewels and goods the sum total was estimated at only about five hundred thousand dollars the property was really worth much more but a very low estimate was placed upon most of the goods silver in bullion was valued at eight dollars a pound the pirates were so ignorant of the real value of jewels that they were prized at nothing like their real worth many of the stores and fabrics were also greatly undervalued still even at this low estimate the average was over a thousand dollars for each pirate having finished this important business they set sail for tortuga where most of them were in a few days to squander all the fruits of their robberies and murders in the most riotous dissipation after a four weeks voyage they reached the great rendezvous of the buccaneers the island was crowded with gamblers and abandoned women and every conceivable haunt of dissipation for three weeks tortuga presented a spectacle of frenzied and maddened carousal which could not have been surpassed men insane with drink rushed through the streets slashing with their sabres in all directions casks of rum and wine were placed in the streets standing on end with the heads knocked out and every passer-by was compelled to drink the women more loathsome in their wickedness than the men reeled through the thoroughfares in the richest silks and satins and bedecked with glittering jewellery of which a duchess might be proud there were oaths and brawls and bloody duels in the delirium of these demoniac orgies gold watches were fried for a costly breakfast and were served up with boiled pearls and jewels two french vessels chanced just then to enter the port laden with wine and brandy this was throwing fresh fuel upon the fiery conflagration of violence sin and shame then raging in this miniature city of all the fiends in the course of three weeks nearly all of these thieves had squandered everything the riches they had gained by murder and the endurance and the infliction of untold miseries had all passed into the hands of the gamblers the liquor dealers and the abandoned women john esquemeling who witnessed these scenes of which he wrote an account says that the governor of the island bought of these buccaneers a shipload of cocoa for not one-twentieth part its real value he sent it to europe and realized over five hundred thousand dollars from the profits lolonois though fiercely brave and with unusual native strength of mind was a low degraded brutal man he indulged in these bacchanal orgies with the meanest of his crew no one was guilty of greater excesses no one sank to greater depths in the mire of loathsome wickedness 
not one short month had passed ere he was reeling through the streets a filthy and ragged beggar he was also deeply involved in debt he could conceive of but one mode of extrication that was to set out upon another pirate expedition the ravages of the pirates had been so great that the commerce of those seas was almost annihilated merchant ships abandoned the ocean unless attended by a very strong convoy this it was which led the buccaneers to go in fleets so as to land in sufficient strength to desolate the coast and to sack towns and cities lolonois's success had given him high reputation as a pirate there were many on the island ready to furnish him with the means for another adventure there were hundreds of penniless starving wretches staggering through the streets eager to enlist under his banner for any service whatever inscrutable is the mystery of god's government he has allowed miniature hells to exist on earth and to be crowded with demons in human form no philosophy no theology can explain this the heart in its anguish often cries out o lord how long how long faith tremblingly and sadly exclaims what we know not now we shall know hereafter this demoniac man had sense enough to abandon his cups until his brain was sufficiently clear to organize even to its details the plan for a new expedition the enterprise was communicated to a few men of capital and unscrupulous shrewdness money was promptly raised six vessels were purchased there were generally vessels enough in the harbor from the prizes that were brought in and from the larger number of piratic ships lolonois placarded a proclamation upon the walls calling for volunteers more than seven hundred eager applicants thronged his doors three hundred of these he took with himself on board his largest ship the rest were placed in five other ships none but the leading officers were informed of the destination of the fleet they first sailed to a port called bayaja on the island of san domingo then as we have mentioned called hispaniola or little spain here they filled their water casks and supplied themselves with provisions thence they sailed to matamana a solitary but commodious harbor on the south side of cuba this region was famous for its rich turtles native cuban fishermen in large boats pursued these animals alike valuable for their flesh and their shells the pirates were fond of turtle soup lolonois needed a large number of boats that he might simultaneously land the crews from his ships upon any doomed city these poor men were mercilessly robbed of their boats into many of which forty sailors could be crowded the poor fishermen having no other means of subsistence were overwhelmed with grief and dismay lolonois was as heedless of their sorrows as he was of the manifest trouble of the tortoise when deprived of its young again they spread their sails and had advanced about three hundred miles along the southern coast of cuba when they were overtaken by what the spaniards call a furious calm for four weeks there was not a breath of air day after day the tropical sun rose pouring down upon their blistered decks his scorching rays the cabins became as furnaces there was relief nowhere the pirates swore prayed called upon the virgin and the saints all was in vain twenty-eight days of this terrible imprisonment passed slowly away 
in the meantime a strong but imperceptible and resistless current swept them along into the gulf of honduras which deeply penetrates the eastern coast of central america upon leaving cuba the crews had been informed of the enterprise before them they were to coast along the province of nicaragua and plunder all its settlements great and small this important spanish province extended entirely across the isthmus of panama then called darien from the caribbean sea to the pacific ocean it was bounded on the north by honduras and on the south by costa rica by the current the pirates had been swept nearly five hundred miles west of the point which they wished to make to return they must coast for that distance along the bleak almost uninhabited northern shore of honduras the gulf stream pouring into the bay of honduras pressed strongly against them the calm was followed by fresh winds but these winds were strong and contrary it was impossible to beat against both wind and current another dreary month thus passed away as they struggled against adversity their provisions were consumed their water casks were empty famine compelled them to seek the land entering the mouth of a large river which they called zagua and which afforded a harbor for their fleet they cast anchor the region was quite densely inhabited by indians inoffensive and friendly they had for some years conducted trade with the spaniards which was profitable to both parties the indians received in exchange for cocoa articles from europe to them of priceless value there were many picturesque indian villages scattered along the banks of the river beneath cocoa groves and surrounded by orange plantations and fields of indian corn the natives had also learned the value of swine and poultry and were well supplied with both when they saw the fleet approaching they were not alarmed but rejoiced as they were eager both to sell and to buy they sprang into their canoes loading them with vegetables fruit and fowls and with smiling faces paddled out to the ships how shall i describe the scenes which ensued burke i think says to speak of atrocious crime in mild language is treason to virtue these incarnate fiends shot down the poor indians men and women in mere wantonness for the fun of it boats filled with these armed demons then went ashore they shot the men as they could they took many women captives they stripped the indians of everything swine poultry fruit corn and then burned their villages the renowned french historian michelet though an unbeliever in the christian religion says that when writing the account of the atrocities perpetrated by the ancient nobility of france upon the peasantry he found himself praying to god that there might be some future punishment where these tyrants clothed in purple and sumptuously feeding might receive the due reward for their crimes the amount of food obtained furnished but a few days supply for seven hundred hungry mouths lolonois decided to remain there at anchor until the weather should prove more favorable in the meantime he sent his armed boats up the river and along the shores in both directions for indiscriminate plunder the whole region was devastated the terrified indians fled in all directions taking with them what they could notwithstanding the utmost diligence of the plunderers they could each day bring in barely enough for the day's supplies 
when the pirates had got everything here upon which they could lay their hands they weighed anchor and worked their way slowly along the coast several leagues until they reached a harbor called port caballo this was a trading post of the spaniards they had here two capacious storehouses to hold the goods which they received from the natives and the articles brought from spain to give them in return ships occasionally arrived with fresh supplies and to transport the purchases to spain there was at that time in the harbor a large spanish ship which mounted twenty-four guns and sixteen mortars but this one ship could make no effectual resistance against the fleet of the pirates it was immediately seized its cargo had been mostly unloaded and carried back into the country to be exchanged in barter with the indians they stripped the storehouses and plundered and destroyed all the adjacent dwellings they captured many prisoners and put them to dreadful torture to compel them to confess often when they had nothing which they could disclose lolonois hacked them to pieces with his sabre tore out their tongues dislocated their joints with the rack he committed upon them writes esquemeling the most insolent and inhuman cruelties that ever heathens invented putting them to the cruelest tortures they could imagine or devise oftentimes it happened that some of these miserable prisoners being forced thereunto by the rack would promise to discover the places where the fugitive spaniards lay hidden which not being able afterward to perform they were put to more enormous and cruel deaths than they who were killed before about twenty miles from port caballo there was not far from the coast a small but thriving town called san pedro lolonois took three hundred men and commenced his march to sack the place he left his lieutenant moses Vauclan in command of the men who were left behind with the ships a few boats well armed were sent along the coast to render such assistance as might be needful before starting he told his troops that he would always march at their head sharing all their dangers but that he would cut down the first one who manifested any disposition to retreat or gave the least sign of fear there were no broad roads to traverse but only intricate mule paths which could with difficulty be followed through the dense growth of a tropical forest two spanish captives were taken as guides the inhabitants of san pedro informed of their approach sent out a party of men to entrench themselves in ambush on the way the narrow road led through gigantic forests with almost impenetrable thickness of brambles and thorns and interlacing vines on either side when the pirates had advanced about nine miles the spaniards in ambush opened fire upon them taking deliberate aim at the first discharge many of the pirates were killed and more wounded the battle which ensued was desperate on both sides lolonois assuming that his guides had led him into the ambush instantly cut them both down the fury of the pirates was irresistible and the spaniards were put to flight they left behind many dead and wounded the pirates put to death all of the wounded excepting one or two whom they reserved as guides these they threatened with instant death if they did not guide them safely to the city there was but one available path leading there intimidated by the awful threats of lolonois when he asked them if there were other ambuscades farther on they said that there were he then asked them if there were not some other path to the city 
by which they could avoid the ambuscades the guides replied that they did not know of any lolonois was in a great rage he drew his sabre and cut one of the captives to pieces before the rest he cut out his heart seized it and began to gnaw it like a ravenous wolf then turning to the other captives he said i swear unto you by the death of god that i will serve you all the same way if you do not lead me to the city by another route terror-stricken the poor creatures endeavored to lead through the thickets but they could not force their way lolonois was compelled to return to the former path but he swore the most terrible oaths that the spaniards should pay dearly for causing him so much trouble the same evening they encountered another ambuscade lolonois fell upon his foes with the same fury with which the tiger leaps upon its prey apparently regardless of his own life if he can but destroy his victim in less than an hour the spaniards were rooted and scarcely one escaped the pirates though victorious were faint with fatigue hunger and thirst they threw themselves down in the woods that night and probably with consciences utterly seared slept that sound sleep which toil and danger often bring the next morning at break of day the pirates resumed their march ere long they came upon a third ambuscade this was much stronger and better planned than either of the others the pirates had provided themselves with a large number of fireballs which they showered down with such effect upon their foes lolonois seemed inspired with the fury of a madman he foamed at the mouth and gnashed his teeth as he shouted no quarter no quarter the more we kill here the less we shall meet in the town but few of the spaniards escaped to san pedro nearly all were killed for the wounded were immediately dispatched the pirates had now arrived within sight of the town there was but one narrow approach and that the spaniards had thoroughly barricaded the thorny shrubs which grew densely around were utterly impenetrable nothing remained for the pirates but to make an instantaneous attempt to storm the works several times they were driven back but only to renew the conflict with increasing fury this conflict of fiend-like ferocity continued for hours the white flag of surrender was then unfurled from the town after a brief parley the citizens agreed to yield up the town without further resistance if they were allowed two hours to retire with such articles as they could take away with them lolonois who in this last battle had lost forty men agreed to the terms the spaniards with their wives and children fled with such few articles as they could carry in their arms or on the backs of mules End of chapter ten